And now we can start here and I'm going to push a button. We'll start the show. You're listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network. Welcome everyone to the longest running used to be Anthem podcast, but now carried on by the two of the hosts because we like talking about games and movies and Marvel and Star Wars and all the things that we enjoy doing. We've been doing it for such a long time. We've been doing it since 2017 after we saw the Anthem trailer at E3 2017 and we were like blown away. We're like, oh my gosh, look at that. This is amazing. We should talk about it. And then three of us got together to talk about it. Then four of us got together to talk about it. And then it released... And then people played it, and then we stopped playing it, and then it was three, and then it was now two of us three years later. So that's the quick history of our podcast. This is episode 159 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. It is February the 10th, 2021. And Mike, we are actually coming up on the two-year anniversary of Anthem. That'll be next week sometime. I think it's actually the following following week, but it was the week after... It was the week after, yep, February 22nd, because it was after Valentine's Day. So that's going to be happening soon. We actually have a guest that's going to join us um, next week on the show. Lupo's going to hang out with us, and we're going to reminisce about all things Anthem, because that's what you do on anniversaries. So until then, we, we have a little bit of Anthem news that we will talk about today, because that has been in the news, thanks to Jason Schreier and a leak from him. But before we do that... Before we do that, there's something that we like to do every time we get together, and that is thank our patrons. Why do we thank our patrons, Michael? Because we are genuinely appreciative of their support and how they kind of reach out to two knuckleheads who kind of know what they're doing and sometimes have their audio work and sometimes make it all go together. And we just appreciate we're, we're nobody's from nowhere, and it's nice to be kind of like, hey, here's, a, here's our support. So it's kind of cool. It's very humbling. It is kind of cool indeed. So, Mike, who should we thank? We should thank all of them. We will thank Mr. Julius. I don't actually don't know if it's Mr. But Julius, Nathan B, Michael R, Trent B, Mana and Steel, Scout 69, Dragonheart 76, Jeffrey H, Gameplay Experience, RZ, and Phaedron. We appreciate you guys greatly. A ton, a ton. And if you would like to join those amazing people, you can do so at patreon.com slash freelancer codex. That's where you can support the show, help us keep the lights on, help us figure out what we're going to do for the remainder of this podcast show. So with that, and because I am super smart and I have been taking um, very good timestamps, I forgot again. Dang it. I forgot again to push the stupid (laughs) timestamp button. So while Michael is going to delay for me as I figure out where my timestamp should lie, come on, computer, you can do it. Mike. Timestamps. Timestamps are difficult to do. They're Actually, they're not. They're actually very easy to do if you remember to do them. It's simple. You write down a few numbers or you click a few buttons, but oh, well. I feel, we attacked. Do, um, I feel attacked right now. You feel attacked? Please don't feel attacked. Um don't feel attacked okay so mike Pretty cool. why don't Go you ahead. why don't you tell us what you've been up to this week before we get into the news Alrighty. so the exciting thing happening in in my household was that my middle schooler was able to finally go back to school in person um, we finally got it worked out to where he could go back two days a week he was super super excited 
big grins on his face. He needed it big time. He needed to be back in front of people um, that who weren't his family, unfortunately. Sometimes it goes like that. But he was able to get back in, in front of people. He had an awesome day. He, uh, he came home saying that he met two new friends, um, beaming from ear to ear. Just, just a great time. One of those proud dad moments where, where your kiddo gets to, to really kind of shine and have some success and build that confidence that you need growing up to be able to do stuff. And so he was super excited. We were super excited for him. Um, and it was just a great time. So that really took up most of our week. Um, and it got me to thinking, like, I guess I don't have as much time as I thought I did to do stuff and get stuff done. Cause, cause I, I ended up not having a lot of time to do stuff or get stuff done. This week was taking, taking kiddos to school. Now that all four of them are in school and sports is kind of starting up here in town. Um, we had to get to sports. So we had to make sure that everybody was where they were. We had to get the kiddos to Spanish lessons on time. Then we had to get back to practice and pick them up from practice and dinner and baths. And then by that time, it was time to go to sleep and start it again the next day. So it's kind of a whirlwind, but but we enjoy it and, and we would not trade it for anything because it's just super, super fun. Um, but that has taken up most of our time. I did get some more gaming in, played a little bit more Beat Saber, um, working on the on the campaign there, um, playing that. Getting getting my workouts in. It's kind of funny. Uh, got sick on um, Epic Roller Coaster. That I can't do. I can't do those those games. They make me sick. Um, was it like instant three. that you got sick, or was it like, hey, after a couple rides on this roller coaster, now I'm starting no, to feel nauseous? Yeah, instantly. Yeah, instantly because you don't just ride the roller coaster. You shoot a crossbow at arrows and target. Uh, you shoot a crossbow with arrows at targets. And so you're focused on one thing, but you start to turn this way and you're like, nope, not yep. going to do it. Can't do this. Your brain's like, what's happening right now? I, and as soon as I, as soon as the ride queued up, like I could feel my legs start to shake and I'm like, nope, I'm okay. Not doing this. Fage, I'll catch you later, guys. Phaedron so, in the yeah, chat asks, Phaedron asks, is that even like that? If you are sitting, I imagine you were sitting while you were writing this. I actually wasn't. So I you was were standing, standing up. I should maybe try it sitting to see. Um, I bet I'd have the same reaction though, because I've tried. I tried playing. Um, oh shoot! I tried playing Echo sitting, and that definitely has a very motion motion centric mechanic in it, and it kind of got me dizzy. Kind of there. I may try it again sitting just to see, just to see if it makes a difference. But I'm gonna assume that that i'm gonna lose my guts all over the place hey rick how's it going and that's so, not very nice is that precious no so we'd like to thank uh phaedron and rick for hanging out in the chat with us rick um been enjoying the new format of the podcast that you guys have been talking about lots of destiny going on over there so so i also have not had great luck when doing flight simulators in vr but um hopefully that's something that uh I don't know. Maybe I just can't do flight simulators in VR. I'm just going to have to stick with, you know, using the teleportation movement because my body can't handle it because I'm old and I'm weak. So, <laughs> so we'll do that. Cool. Um, so what else you guys, is that all you've been up to this week before uh, should we jump over to me? Unfortunately, that's it. There hasn't, there hasn't been much else, not much to report and 
and and unfortunately not. Um, I guess you know, WandaVision, big thing, taking up a big piece of piece of our time. Rewatch it a couple times to get ready for tonight, but also just to make sure that I'm not missing out on anything. Um, and then that's about it. Just keeping things running. I'm. That's it. Yeah, no, that... What have you been up to? I will tell you what I've been up to. I have been playing this game, and this game is called Hard Space Shipbreaker. I should actually pull it up so I can tell people who it's by and who makes it. So Hard Space Shipbreaker is on Steam. Let me pull this up. I should have had this ready, but I'm not. I'm going to try to push this oh, and no. accidentally not like launch it. Um, score <laughs> page. All right. So let me tell you about this game, Mike, because this game is an interesting game. Um, you know me, so you know there are, are three things that if they are in a game, I will play the game, right? So if you have giant robots, if you have dragons, or if you have spaceships, I'm probably going to play your game. That's all you really need. Um, Hard Space Shipbreaker is a game about it's 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 almost it's not really a simulator. It is you are what they call a cutter. Your job is to take spaceships. And you break them down, you cut them apart, and you separate their pieces for either salvage to be um, sold or to be um, melted down because you can't really do anything with it. Okay, so this is a first-person game. You start out in this little have. You have this little bubble, and all around you, on the right side and on the left side, there's a furnace, and then there is a salvager. And then at the bottom, there's like this little tray that you can throw pieces into these things. And that's where you're like, okay, if I need to, I need to salvage the aluminum out of this piece, I'm going to throw it in the salvager. If I want to sell this antenna, I'm going to throw it down here below and it's going to be collected. And then you can throw it in the furnace or whatever, for whatever reason. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of difficult at first to get started because you are in space. So every little movement you have has a consequence. So if you move a little bit to the right, you start floating off to the right and you kind of have to stop yourself. So is this, is this VR? This is not VR. It would be really oh. cool in VR that I think would this one, if it were VR. so this one would be cool, Mike, because you move very slow. Like there's oh, not okay. very fast movement. So like when you push forward, you're like, you know, you kind of start moving through, through space. It would be a really cool VR wow. game. So the first thing you do, like during the tutorial, it's like, all right, you're a cutter. You're in like a billion dollars of debt. They send you up to space because no one wants to do this job because it's a super dangerous job. And they're like, here's your cutter. Here's some tethers. And here's um, here's a torch. And they're like, go in here and go cut up this ship, separate the pieces out. And, you know, and then you complete your salvage on this one thing. You go back to your have and then you get a new ticket that will bring in a new ship. So when you first get started, you have this little cutter and you can there's a you can go up to the item that you're going to salvage. And there's this ship only had like three different sections and you have like a different view. Like you have your normal view where you see the ship, you can float around it and everything. But then you can push up on the D-pad and it brings up the internals of the ship of where all the mm -hmm. supports are of how this piece is connected to this piece. If there is like uh -huh. electricity running through it, if there's like some other line running through it, that if you cut, the ship will explode. So you have to like figure out, it, it's like a puzzle. It's almost like reverse Tetris. You're trying to figure out how to get to the pieces that are buried under here, and how to do that safely. Um, the ship's name again, sorry. It's called Hard Space Shipbreaker. The developer is Blackbird Interactive. Um, and it, it's in early access right now. 
Um, I got it for like $23, I think. I purchased it on Steam and started playing. It's in early access, so a lot of things are changing. So the, the tone is really interesting. It's very much like they've got like this, you know, Western like, hey, Breaker, you got to go up there and you got to go disassemble the ship now. And you're going to go collect all Dude the again. money. That's what I just did. One show, day, one show a day, Mike. So you're a cutter. So you go up and do this. They've got like the guitar um, is playing as the soundtrack. Um, nice. The bigger ships actually come with a little bit more of a challenge because they are under pressure. So you have to, yeah, you have to go into the ship. You open up the door. You have to let it all vent out. If you vent it in the wrong way, you get pushed around and you get damaged and your suit can start leaking. And then you'll have to go back to your half so that you can fix it up. Um, There's a lot of really cool, it's really cool. It's kind of, it's a very slow game. Like we're used to all these like, hey, we're going to get in there. We're going to play Halo. We're going to play Destiny. We're going to be moving around, jumping around. And it's super fast action. This is a very much like take your time, slow down. There is a mode in the game where you are timed, like you have a certain amount of time to complete this or else you fail. But they've re- they heard a lot of feedback from the community and they're like, hey, we don't really like this. So they do have like a free play option to where you can just turn the timer off and you can get in there and do what you want to. So it's really cool. It's like, it's like the uh, it's like the beginning to Titan AE, right? It, it kind of is. Yeah, that's what they do. I mean, that's like um, Cal Kestis is doing the same thing at the beginning of Fallen Order. They're like salvaging Star Destroyers yeah. in the background. So it it's a really it's a really cool game. It's very different from a lot of the games that I do enjoy playing. It is very slow. It's methodical. Um, so it's really really cool. Um, I suggest people go try. And there and there's massive ships that you can get that'll take you a really long time to um, to disassemble them. I'm very early, so I am a very bad salvager. I end up uh, <laughs> cutting the things the wrong way. Oops, I shouldn't have like hit that little gas tank because it exploded, and now I'm on fire, and I'm dying. Um, That's funny. There's like a cool tethering system where you can tether pieces together so that after you cut them, they won't like move away and start floating away from the ship. So there, it's almost like a simulator, but I've never been in space, so I don't know exactly how that works um, for being a one-to-one simulation in space but it's a really <laughs> cool game um there's like people doing races for how quickly they can salvage these ships and there's like leaderboards that the developer's been putting online so it, it's pretty cool i suggest if if any of that sounds interesting to anyone because i definitely know that like this game won't be for everyone because it is very slow but i actually enjoy it a lot so i'm having fun that with could it be a really sweet vr game too it, it really could. And I think like because it is slower, um, it would have that advantage. Yeah. Also, like I'm playing with controller and um, it's difficult sometimes to like focus on the thing that I want to focus on because I think it was made for mouse and keyboard. But I usually play all my PC games with a controller because I'm lazy and I'm old and I don't want to learn most games with a, with a keyboard. Like I know a lot of people hate me for saying that, but it's the truth. Um, like I'm older, right? I'm getting up there in age. But I think it's really cool. So I suggest people go try or at least um, wishlist it on Steam and like wait for like a big sale if if you don't want to throw down the money for it. But yeah, that's Hard Space Shipbreaker and that is by Blackbird Interactive. There are rumors that the game takes place in the Homeworld universe. Um, and these are only rumors because I don't know how it could take place in the um, 
Phaedron says, I hate you for saying that. Hate you, hate me for saying that I'm old. Um, so it takes place in the, the rumors are it takes place in the Homeworld universe, which is super cool because I love Homeworld. I'm super excited for Homeworld 3 if that game ever gets released. I remembered that I like backed it back in like 2019. I've been patiently waiting for that game to release. So hopefully that'll happen soon. So that is Hard Space Shipbreakers. All right. Shall we jump into the news? Let's do it. We have our man bringing us in. Bring us in, man. All right. I got to talk to you about something. All right, freelancers. I want to mention a couple things before we start talking about Anthem. And I'll just do these really quick. These aren't news stories that I really have to go into real big depth about. First thing I thought was pretty funny is that as I write down this timestamp so I can remember these things, there is a listener that does amazing timestamps for me when I forget, and they're much better than the timestamps I do, but I still have to feel like I'm doing my part in trying to do these timestamps. Um, Andrew Spinks is the creator of the indie game Terraria. He recently went to Twitter to call out Stadia or not really Stadia, to call out Google because Google had not responded to his complaints about his account being locked out for three weeks. So instead, being frustrated, he went to Twitter and said that he is pulling, he is canceling Terraria coming to Stadia. And I thought that was a... I thought it was interesting because all Google had to do was like answer their emails, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like answer your email. And of course, like it's all automated. So it's not like one person is actually... um, sifting through all this stuff to know like oh this is a human like it probably got kicked to some robot and some robots like this is not important so andrew sphinx is like screw you guys then or i'm not gonna like deal with you if this is how you deal with your customers so terraria will not be coming to google stadia phadron in the chat says stadia's had a rough week and that (laughs) that's an understatement phadron it has had a pretty rough week hopefully they can turn it around i hope they can anyway I'm sure they can. All right. A couple of extra really things. Think so, though. Uh, really so. I don't know. I guess we can talk. I don't know if they can. I'm sure they can. Like a lot of people love Stadia because the technology works. I hope that they can figure out a method to get the technology and a subscription service in people's hands so more people can have access to it. I hope they market it better than they have been marketing it. Um, Fadron says, have me on. We'll talk about Stadia. I... I really think it's <laughs> I really think it's like a communication issue and I don't know if they're just like hey making AAA games is easy we just got to throw money on it which is weird because they have all the money to throw at it. That's what blows my mind. It's like you guys have the money. You can throw the money at it. That's my statement. They lost it all in uh, on GameStop. They bet it all on GameStop and they <laughs> lost all their money. So like we can't do this anymore. <laughs> I really hope that's not it. Um, Fanny says it's true. They are lost. Funny if true, as the kids say. All right. This next thing that I want to talk about, we'll just cover this really quick because I like big robots. Pacific Rim is getting an anime, which looks pretty cool. Did you watch the Pacific Rim anime trailer, Michael? I did not. I don't even think I watched the Pacific Rim number two. Well, you're not supposed to watch them because that's not very bad. So Pacific Rim is getting it's an anime. Bad. No, it's very bad. It's not good. John Boyega's in it. Um, he doesn't add anything to that 
And I don't think anyone adds anything to that series. That, like, number two is bad. It's pretty bad. You know, you know, and I'll tell you why it's bad. Um, Phaedron says he watched the anime trailer. Do you know, do you remember when, like, the cool thing about Pacific Rim was, like, big stompy robots that looked like they had weight to it, right? Like, they moved yeah. around, slow plotting, like, holy crap, this thing is really moving and carrying this big oil tanker and is now going to hit this giant um, dinosaur with it. That was the cool part about Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim 2 is like, nah, they're just Power Rangers jumping through the air. Ruined it all. So it was very bad. Um, but it's getting an anime, and the anime looks really cool. You should actually go check it out because I, I think you I might like it. Trailer. You should check out the trailer because I'm telling you you should. And you should do the things that I did. Okay. Next up, Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 are skipping 2021. Um, they're not coming out this year. Kind of surprised by Overwatch not coming out. It has been a long time since we heard that Overwatch was going to be coming, and it's kind of getting delayed. I'm guessing this is a lot to do with COVID and a lot to do with how everything is happening over at Activision Blizzard with people leaving, change up of studios, figuring out what you do to that game because still it's still going to be like compatible with Overwatch 1. I don't know. A lot of stuff going on over there. Diablo 4. We still don't have Diablo Immortal, which is weird. We heard about Diablo Immortal a long time ago when Blizzard asked us if we have phones. And everyone's like, yeah, we got phones. So that whole thing is still <laughs> happening. And we're just going to have to wait, I guess, and to see what happens um, with Blizzard. Um, Blizzard is also going through some rough stuff. Um, them and Google Stadia are probably hanging out at the lunch table together and being like, <laughs> man, rough year, huh? And then Google's rough like... Year. Google's like, who? What, someone sat next to me? They're just excited someone sat next to them at the table. I nice. am not picking on Stadia. I'm sorry. That's just the two things in the news that we picked out for today. I'm not picking on Stadia. Okay, Michael. Jason Schreier. <gasps> Gypsy Danger. Gypsy Danger sorry. is a pretty cool name. So, you told me to watch it. I'm watching it. I'll you're not supposed now. to watch it like during the show. You're supposed to watch it like before the show so that we can talk about it. So let's talk about our friend of the show, Jason Schreier. Um, yeah, we, we. I always, I always laugh at like the uh, one star review that we have on iTunes that says um, these guys thought Jason Schreier was like a hack and they didn't like him because Devin doesn't like Jason Schreier. So Devin was commenting about him, and um, we got a one star review because of Devin's opinion on Jason Schreier. So now I'm going to call him friend of the show so we get all the five star reviews. So Jason take took to Bloomberg to say that hey. I have some sources saying that Anthem is going under review this week and the fate of Anthem 2.0 will be decided by EA. That was pretty much um, the basis of the story. And yeah, so Anthem 2.0 this week, they're going to have a meeting. I'm sure these meetings can last, you know, a couple days, a couple weeks. Who knows if it's actually going to be decided this week or next month or whatever. But the talk of it being like, it's like do or die for Anthem. And a lot of people, and I, I had some weird, I had some weird feelings when this news came out. And we've always been really honest on, our, on the show with how we feel about these kind of things. So I'm not going to like try to sugarcoat it. Like it was, I almost had one of those feelings of like, okay, good. Like if they cancel it, it'll finally be behind us, right? But there, because there's always this lingering thing like, okay, what's going on with Anthem? Are they going to do something? What's going to, are they going to tell us something? The two year anniversary is coming up. Are they going to say something? So there's this feeling of like, okay, like it's going to be now. But if they were to just say like, okay, it's canceled, 
It's almost like, and and I say this as a fan, I'm not saying this as the people that are actually working on the game because this is people's like jobs and livelihood. Granted, I would think if they canceled 2.0, they would move those people to other, you know, studios because EA is buying studios and there's more jobs for them to have there. I don't think they would just fire the 30 people that are working on Anthem 2.0. That would seem really weird. But it's almost like this wait, like if they cancel it, it's like, okay, like the show that we created a long time ago can finally be put to rest because Anthem is no longer. So I had that feeling, right? And that was like a weird feeling to have. The other feeling was like, because a lot of people took to Twitter and they're like, hey, let's support Twitter. Let's support Anthem on Twitter. Let's, you know, put the hashtag out there. I think Fajan created the hashtag in a Facebook group and like spread that around. And that took off. And a lot of people were been tweeting it out. And someone messaged me and they're like, hey, we need you to send this out to their followers. Like, I believe in Anthem hashtag. And it like stopped. And I was like, we've been, we believed in Anthem from the beginning. Like, what, like, I don't know what you want from us. Like, we've, we've been like banging this drum since the beginning, like the potential for Anthem, things that we could do to um, fix Anthem. Um, like we we have been there, guys. And then I had this this other weird thought. Is it okay, Mike, if I just go on this trail of like my emotional journey for this whole anthem thing? Because you don't have to respond at all. I'm just gonna keep going. I'm just gonna keep going here. I I jumped on Reddit to see like what was going on, and someone posted on in Reddit, and they're like, "Hey, um, I'm gonna buy a bunch of shards to show my support for Anthem to show EA that there's still interest in this game," and I almost lost it. Like I almost lost it on this person that has like good intentions to show support for something that they love. Like those are good intentions, right? I want to show EA that people like this game enough to continue spending money. Like that's a, that, those are good intentions. But I was like, what are you guys doing? Like we, the, the community has been supporting the game. The community has continued to play the game, to talk about the game, to offer feedback about the game, to say like, hey, these are the things that we need. These are the things that we want. These are the things that we want changed. We've been doing that from the very beginning. Bioware took a very conscious decision to say, we are going to stop development on 1.0. We are going to go into the tank and figure things out. To me, that's telling the community, like, okay, you guys are done. Like, nothing more, like, the community can't do anything more to save the game than they already have by playing it, by buying it day one, by people playing it on Game Pass. Like, the community has done their part, right? It's on Bioware right now to show EA if their vision is something that EA can get behind, Something that forces EA to say, all right, here's another $5 million. Here's another 60 people. Like, we believe in your vision. Like, that's on them now. Like, the community has been offering ideas, suggestions, feedback for the whole year and a half. Since release to Cataclysm, to them telling us that they're, you know, the store went on the same six-week rotation for like a year and a half. Like... I think the community has done enough to show their support for this game. Also, like I think it's great that people have those feelings that they love the game, that they want to show their support. I also know that that's true, and that's the majority of what people are doing. I don't think they're... This is, this is just my emotion. This is just my feeling. So, again, we never tell people what they should feel or how they should, how they should act. But that's just kind of been my thought. It's like, it's on Bioware now. Like, it's up to them. It's not... 
up to the community. I don't think we should like put this pressure on the community. Like if you don't go out there and if you don't talk about Anthem and your memories, this game could die. And it's because you didn't go out there and you didn't do your part. And that's all I have to say about that, I guess. Those are some, those are some pretty hard, not hard, pretty, some pretty raw feelings. And they're, I don't think they're completely unfounded. Um, we, we have been there. We've been talking about Anthem. Any anything that comes out for us on Anthem Newswise is you know news, and it's something that we want to hold on to. And and again, silver linings. Maybe this is good. Go back in, figure it out, find out what's going on. Is is it worth continuing? Again, I don't think I don't think I don't think it's any um, mystery to anybody. That there have been issues, that there have been things that could have been done better, could have been done differently, maybe not should have been in the game at all. So, like, like I get it. It's rough when something like that, when something like it kind of dies. I don't want to say dies. When when um, directions change, and it happens a lot. It's not. It happens probably more frequently than what we think. And so I, I hope the team gets it figured out. Um, I hope if they do decide to move on, that everybody moves on to a project that that they want to continue with. Um, I did enjoy playing Anthem. I haven't played in a very long time, um, but I, I have enjoyed it. I think I got my money's worth out of it when I played, and it was fun. It was fun to to play with your javelin and to and to shoot stuff and fight things. We always, I think, we always want the things that we do to be worthwhile, and we always had this dream that that anthem was going to be that that game that you know you could go back to every day for for a long time but it is what it is it 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 rolled out the way that it did and and i hope they get it figured out and i hope that that everybody is successful there and you know support the game if you feel like you want to buy shards uh, no no if you, you feel like you want to, like we just said, we don't tell people what to do, but that, that's true. You we know, don't. just just understand that that at this point and and from what from what I've experienced um from what I've experienced this past year, like people are going to make their decisions regardless of what you do, regardless of if a community gets behind it, people are going to make their decisions even if a majority of people, you know, say something one way, like like it's gonna, it's gonna ultimately be up to whoever is is holding all the cards and and doing it all. Like like it's up to them. So, I mean, if you want to do a hashtag, that's great. If you want to buy shards, maybe hold on to your money. If you, I don't know. It's so it is what it is, right, Steve? It is what it is, and I think that's the point that we're saying. No, right. that's not my point, Mike. Phaedron in the chat says, when I started the hashtag, I didn't want people, I didn't want to compel others to post. And I think that's fine. Like, I don't, again, like, I I think it's fine that people show their support and share their memories on Twitter. I think that's cool. It's fun to remember, like, oh, yeah, we all really did, like, we had fun. We want that game to survive. I'm sure the developers love hearing that from their players that, you know, all of a sudden there's this huge, like, push to talk about Anthem. Like, the developers probably love that. And that's probably a huge boost to their morale. Like, I'm not saying that that shouldn't happen, right? Um, well, but but if it's, I don't know. If, I, I, it's, if, the game, if the game was over, 
a year ago and nobody told us and we're putting out our, all of our support for it, then then that I also sucks because because we know because we we have followed the industry, we know how these things go, even though like everyone's like, hey, you're because everyone kept tweeting at us on Instagram, like skate is coming back. And it's like, that's not how it works, guys. Like, do not yeah. let like that marketing crap like lead you to believe that if we yell enough on Twitter or on Instagram, that these big studios are gonna be like, well, they won. I guess we'll make the game now. That's not how that works. That's not how any of this works. Like EA well, has and it, and it shouldn't be a way that it works. You shouldn't you shouldn't be able to EA has EA has a spreadsheet that says like okay these are the metrics did you hit these metrics you didn't hit these metrics okay then this happens like it's I think everyone at the studio wants Anthem to succeed because it's something they built will that succeed like it might not like we know that like from launch launch was really rocky like we we were there we followed it we played it we did everything that we could to like continue to add support and feedback to the teams of like changing inscriptions changing weapons they just weren't able to do that it's going to be year number 2 and there haven't been major changes to that game i know that people i know that they're working on 2.0 but it also tells me as a player that it's probably not going to happen because it has been this long and there haven't been major changes other studios move much faster than BioWare has moved on Anthem. And I know that's, you know, they'll say that, you know, it's because of engine issues and all this other stuff. So I don't have a lot of, like, hope that it will get renewed because of the stuff, because of the evidence that we have up to this point has shown us that it probably won't. Like, I would have loved to have seen evidence that, okay, things are on track, things are changing. Christian was putting out a lot of blog updates, putting out a lot of concept art, showing us how things, like, ideas of what was going to happen, but that wasn't, like, actual things that were happening. And, like, I was in the position of, like, you know, I was very skeptical of it. And I still am because I'm a skeptic anyway. Like, I want them to succeed. More than anything is I want them to succeed. Um, Phaedron says, the reason I hold on is that if Anthem released its 2017 trailer for the first time today, it would still be my most anticipated game. That world just excites me. And I agree. Like, flying around Bastion is awesome. Like, getting in a javelin and jumping off Fort Tarsus and diving down into the waterfalls is, like, the reason, like, we started doing the show because it was super cool. Like, they could do that again. I would love it if they just dropped the live service stuff. I would love it if they dropped the live service stuff and they just made like a 10-hour single-player campaign. I think that world could thrive and survive in that little area. When Casey Hudson first started talking about the HBO um, series of video games, like you can't do an HBO series in live service because that's not how live service works. Like, but if you add little story updates to this single player game where you are continuing like this Bioware tradition of storytelling and your choices mattering, like they could do that. And it doesn't have to be huge. It could just be small. It could be like play it, you know, for 10 hours every six months or so. And But people would come back to continue that Bioware story. I think that would be amazing. I think the live service um, never got started in the game in the beginning. It never got kicked off, and I think it was a hindrance to them the entire time. And I would love that. You know what? 
If 2.0 doesn't work out, that doesn't mean we won't ever see Anthem again. Maybe they retool it into something different. Maybe it becomes a different type of game. But just because 2.0, if it does not get like greenlit to continue development, doesn't mean that it might be the last time we see Javelins because it's a super cool idea. Maybe it goes back into prototype for a lot longer. It gets out of the spotlight. Like right now, with Mass Effect, a new Mass Effect being announced, the Legendary Edition, like I think EA is at the point where they're like, hey, you know, Anthem has this stigma around it that it was, you know, it 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 was had a really bad launch. People were really upset. People were questioning, is this really the Bioware that we know and love? Is Bioware different? Is Bioware dead? I mean, articles and articles about is Bioware dead? Is Anthem dead? That would be pretty hard for an investor to be like, oh man, what are we doing? This is a lot of money that we're investing into this. But then Mass Effect comes around and now everyone's losing their minds that Mass Effect is back. And like EA could be like, oh, okay, Mass Effect's back. Like now no one's going to be talking about Anthem. So we can just put out Mass Effect and we can allocate our resources towards Mass Effect. And we can pull these people from Anthem that are working on this and they can go over here and work on this other thing that people are excited about. Like, again, I want the studio to succeed. I do. Like you, you can laugh at me, Mike, but I mean, you and I have... I didn't- I didn't laugh. I just, it's just when we've had our internal conversations about, you know, the state of things and just when we talk off the air, like it's, it's very easy to get down and, and I understand your emotion and it's not, it's not unfounded and it's not, you know, it definitely has value because that's how you feel and no one can tell you, you know, that that's, that you're not allowed to feel that way. Um, But for me, for me, like, this go-to saying that I have is just, it is what it is, right? If it's, it's either going to live or I don't even want to say that. Like I can't even, I can't even say it's going to live as it is because I don't think it's going to live as it is. It's been, it's been way too long before any updates, before any changes to systems. It's, it doesn't seem like there's any systems on the horizon that are going to come out. I, I, I wish everyone there the best. I, I've met a few of the people there. I hope that they do well. I hope they have great success in what they do. Um, maybe we will see Anthem again. May, it probably won't be branded Anthem. It won't be called Anthem. We may be able to fly in a mech suit. But, but I, think, I think even if 2.0 comes out, that, that it's going to be vastly different from what we've played before. Because I, I believe where the game is now, it necessitates it. It needs to be vastly different from what we've had. Because you're right, it it hasn't worked on some very key levels. But I don't want to, you know, keep us there and like, like be all sad about Anthem. It it, it did what it was supposed to do. It 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 started us off on this show. We we've changed. We've evolved just like Anthem has changed and evolved, you know, so, so maybe that's just, maybe that's just the life of things. That's just what happens. Right. So, so I, I don't know if we need to talk about it more than that. Um, cause, cause again, like, like it just, this is what it's turned into and, and we've invested a lot of time into it and, you know, it, it just is, it is the experience that we have is the experience that we have with it. And so I've I've kind of already, I think, maybe subconsciously, maybe in a little bit consciously, have kind of closed the book on it 
Um, because anything that we, I think in my mind, anything that we get now beyond is going to be something so new that I don't, I don't even know if I can even really call it Anthem. Um, because it's been so long since, since we've had connection to, to it and connection to even the old system. So. And Phaedron in the chat coming in with that six month sub on Twitch. Phaedron, we appreciate it. We met a lot of great people because of Anthem. We had a lot of fun because of Anthem. And we will continue to have a lot of th- fun because we started a show around Anthem. So that's something that we will always have. And again, like I always say, like Anthem will be one of my favorite games because of what it did for me personally. Um, playing the game, meeting the people we've met, going to EA Play, um, starting this whole thing. Um, so it's been a lot of fun. So I, that will not be taken away if... If Anthem 2.0 gets canceled, I will still have my memories. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Thanks, Phaedron. Thanks, everyone in chat. All right. Let's go ahead and move on from talking about the video game news. There's a lot of other news out there. But we are going to stop the news, and we are going to talk about WandaVision Episode 5. So there is this really cool show on Disney Plus called WandaVision. And if you hadn't seen it, you should go check it out. It's super fun. Um, It's super in-depth. Things start one way, turn out seemingly another, and we still don't even know what's going on. And and we're excited to jump into episode five. We're going to go. And we're going to start with, we're going to spoil the whole thing. So the whole thing is going to be spoiled. So yeah, if you, if you are not caught up, have a great night. If you're, so we record at night. So if you're here live and you don't want to get spoiled, good night. If you are watching next day, um, have a good breakfast, lunch, and dinner, depending on when you listen, but come back after you watch episode five, because this is one we're going to, it doesn't, there's a lot to unpack in this episode and we're not going to go necessarily line by line in some places. We'll go line by line, but we're going to start at the top of the show and go through the show and, and we're going to analyze all the looks that the characters give each other and the different camera angles and the music upswells and the changes of the music and all the things that happen. Episode five, a very special guest. So I got into a flow state when I was making these notes. You know the flow state, Mike. The state where you get into the flow. I entered the flow. I entered <laughs> I was two I was two layers deep into the flow when I'm like, oh man, it's time to like deep dive on this. It felt like um it felt like actually doing the podcast about Anthem in the very beginning when we deep dive onto every single aspect. So yep. as we start out this episode, um, the twins are having a tough time falling asleep. As parents, Mike, you and I have had similar experiences where your kids just won't go to sleep. Um, you and I do not have magic. We are not witches. And we uh, Wanda tries to make the twins fall asleep by using magic on them. And her magic doesn't work on the kids. Um, which is interesting because her magic has seemed to have worked on everything else during the first four episodes. We saw very apparent when during the magic act that her envision did that she did a lot of magic there worked just fine. When she got pregnant, the magic started going a little wonky. Um, and while they're having a problem, Vision and Wanda just are about to give up. And then Agnes jumps into, you know, knocks on the door, and Agnes shows up. Um, Wanda's like, hey, Viz, let's have Agnes jump in. And then um, Agnes gives us this line from the show. Uh, 
Do you want me to take that again? Uh, I'm sorry? You want me to hold the babies. Should we just take it from the top? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be silly. Vision, let's, let's let Agnes give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> So this was like the so so this is actually so we actually need to back up a little bit right because because okay. there's the setup there's the setup for this Agnes comes in Vision has to change himself to his human form um, Agnes comes in and says gives a couple lines that you know she heard that the babies were crying and that actually kind of throws Vision he goes what do you mean you heard them crying right because at this point. Vision, I think, starts to sense like a tremor in the force. Like he knows that that something is amiss. Okay. She gets ready to move in to hold the twins and Vision actually stops her. And this is outside of what Wanda wants to happen and definitely outside of what Agnes expects to happen. Vision is now is now maybe breaking um, that fourth wall, for lack of better phrase, in Wanda's... Um, production here and so that's when wanda says well do you want me to take that again almost like asking for stage direction right but should we take it again from the top we kind of flubbed our lines a little bit should i start over and then wanda and vision have that exchange that we just played right now ultimately agnes does end up taking the kids but not necessarily in the way that you'd expect right you may have would have expected her to like pick up the twins and do something with them but she actually never touches them. And I think there may be something there. I'm not sure what yet, but there may be something there. She does a few little jokes, um, sprays some lavender mist on them, gives a joke about how her husband won't leave her alone, and then goes into the kitchen to look for some dark liquor to, you know, for the kids. It's not for me. It's for the kids, right? Because, you know, all parents back in the 90s gave kids dark liquor to This would be the asleep. 80s, right? This takes place in the 80s? This episode, I guess it would be the '80s, very much the beginning. We'll see, and that's the that's the funny thing, though, Steve, is that all of this happens pre-opening, right? Yeah. This, so this would be like considered a cold open, right before, right before the the credits go. So Wanda and Vision are talking, and then the babies stop crying. Wanda and Vision turn around, and the babies are five years old now. And Agnes is up on the bar and she gives maybe you think maybe it's a throwaway line, but it's, oh, you know, kids grow up so fast. Um, they grow up so fast, don't they? And she's almost like sad about that. Maybe like maybe she's missing a kid who has grown up so fast. And I think that is going to tie into the end of the episode with another line that's given. So I won't talk about it here now. OK, <laughs> but. But she's on the on the like mantelpiece, um, drinking her her dark drink, and then we cut to the credits. Right, boom, boom. We so, get that eighties. Um, so as we talk about part one, I label this part one because this is kind of like the part one. Like, what are your? Do you have theories on like why Vision didn't want anyone touching the kids, or why Wanda wouldn't have? Because that was kind of like. Agnes was like, you want me to touch the kids? Are you are you sure? Because so far, we have only seen Monica touch the kids when she helped deliver the babies. 
So why do so, you- So I think, I don't think Steve, it was, I don't think Wanda was asking, a, or I, I'm sorry, I don't think Agnes was asking a question. I think that, that Agnes got the stage direction from Wanda via telekinesis and Wanda, and Agnes was just confirming to, to Wanda, you know, you want me to hold the kids, right? So should we take this again? I I right. almost I almost took it as like Agnes is one of the only ones that is able to like see what Wanda's doing. Like Agnes, she's apart from what all the other people in Westview are doing because like of everyone else, Agnes is always there. She like knows exactly when to show up when Wanda wants it. But I don't know if it's I don't think it's under the direction of Wanda. I think Agnes is kind of directing herself to be a part of this story. I don't. I don't think she's being directed by Wanda, um, right? I, now, I think. I think she is. I think she is. So right now, the current, like the the current favorite theory on the internet that Agnes is the witch Agatha. So she's kind of like a third party in here, because to me, like everyone else, every other time someone has broken character, there's like this cut frame, except this time with Agnes. Like she kind of gets to do her own thing outside of what Wanda is showing everyone. And I think that's what kind of trips up vision. He's like, what's going on here? Like, did you see that? And that's why Wanda tries to play it off because maybe Wanda can't control her. Like she can control everyone else. That was so my in the, in the, uh, in the previous scenes, you know, on previously on WandaVision in that, in that little snippet, when Monica gets tossed out of the, um, uh, almost said Romanoff, out of the um, Maximoff anomaly, we see a cut to her face and she says, it's all Wanda. Because I thought that same thing. I thought Agnes was maybe a little suspect. But when, when um, shoot, I just got her name. When Monica says, it's all Wanda that kind of dispelled my kind of, okay, it's, it's Wanda operating alone because I thought it was Agnes. I thought there was something shady about Agnes also, but now after watching it again, I think it's more just Wanda hmm. and I think it's going to be fleshed out because remember the, um, the neighbor that she's talking to who's hacksawing through Herb? the, uh, yeah. Her, is his name Herb? Yeah. Um, he kind of knew that there was something up, right? Because he's like, nobody ever gets to leave. That that's true, and uh, the doctor also. But I, I guess, I guess we can yeah. kind of go into part two, and we can talk about why I'm suspicious of Monica also. So in part two, we yeah. jump from um, Wandaland over into the real world. And we get Monica is being tested by some fancy testing machine because, you know, everyone has fancy testing machines and it just won't work for some reason. So we get this line from Monica. We're going to need to take these again. There's something wrong with the machine. Those are blank. Like I said. Well, what about our labs? I need another blood draw. <laughs> no, no, no. We're done here. All right. I think, and this is my theory, I think Monica's a scroll. I don't think she's human. It's very suspicious that just because she's gone through, like, I don't know why the machines would not work on her unless they're trying to, they're just not finding the genetic markers. We don't even know what kind of, you know, machine that they were using. I it didn't look like an x-ray. It looked, Yeah, it did. It looked, it looked x-ray. No, but I mean, right. it was, it was all white. Back, 
Well, it was, and and, a, and an X-ray machine that didn't work would be all white. No, no, right? no. It depends. It could yeah. be. It could be multiple. No, I've done X-ray. I know. I've, I know what an I've X-ray of, looks. I know what an X-ray looks like. Place. I think Monica is actually. Place. I think she's actually a scroll because we do know that before. And before the blip, before the snap, she had she was working for Sword, and she had done several missions into space. When they come back, um, she talks to the director, and they talk about how many people have gone up. And the director says, we haven't sent that many people up. So we know Monica has been in space. We know that the scroll have been on Earth. We know that other people have been replaced with scrolls. And this is just kind of like weird that she's like, I mean, it's played off to be like, no, I'm bored with your with your tests. I don't want to be poked and prodded by your tests anymore. So we're done here. I almost think it's just like, no, we're not going to do that again because it's not going to work. And she's just going to play it off because the blood comes back wrong also, right? The blood test is wrong. The scan is wrong. I think there's something more going on with Monica, unless it's like alluding to something that happens in the next Captain Marvel movie or whatever. Well- I, I definitely think there's something going on with Monica because of another line um, that we do talk about here in part two when when Captain Marvel is brought up and Monica doesn't want anything to do with Captain Marvel, right? She gets a disgusted look on her face when when Jimmy talks about Captain Marvel. So she she there's something there. What it's going to turn into, I don't know. Um but it, but could it be that that the machines aren't working because because Monica has gone through the Maximoff anomaly? Maybe there's some kind of you know residual magic on her that's messing stuff up. Maybe not necessarily related to scroll. Because then, at what point is she a scroll? Is she a scroll after the blip when she <clears throat> rematerializes? Is she a scroll rematerializing? You know, and and like to what end, right? So, like, what's the end game there? Secret invasion. Um, that's the end game. Is they're setting up the secret, secret invasion storyline? But oh, um, well, there you go. Okay, that, and that and that's what I'm thinking of because we know at the end of like if we look at Spider Man, like we know that Nick Fury and um, Hill, they were scroll, right? And that had happened a long, long time ago because we know. Um, then we see Nick Fury space. on a ship, so we know that he's right. That he's at least Nick Fury somewhere. We di- we don't see <clears throat> Maria Hill anywhere, but we don't have to. But um, well, so anyway, I so, mean, I'm just saying. So th- so those so are my she, theories that Monica is not exactly who we think we are. I mean, it's probably still Monica, but who knows what they got up to? All right. So then they yeah. go after this. They go into the meeting and. They they talk about Wanda and this is there's a little exchange talking. Tyler, um, the head of Sword, asks Jimmy about nicknames or aliases, and then like the this is the director of Shield. This is the director of Sword. At this point, every single kid knows exactly every nickname for every superhero that's out there because that's how social media would work, right? Everyone would know everything. So then. Well. Well, hang on. So, 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 what I think, Steve, on this in this particular scene, the director knows what Wanda's aliases are. Right? He's not asking it to get information from Jimmy. He's he's asking it because because he wants everyone to believe that she's evil. No, right? but like, listen to listen to this. Back up. Yeah, so play it. Does Maximoff have an alias? No, sir. No funny nickname. Not a one. And earliest tracking had her using her powers against the Avengers. Is that correct? Right before she earned their trust and became one herself. 
So, like, this is just a weird exchange for them to have. Like, I don't know how, like, saying, hey, does she have a funny nickname? Like, how is that supposed to prove to, like, the room that, oh, she's a bad guy because she doesn't have a funny nickname? Well, he, he's saying it, Steve, because because the director comes up and says, because right before that, again, right before that, he says that that Jimmy says that the parents were killed in a bomb blast in Wachovia. In Wachovia. Sokovia. In Sokovia. And, and then the director comes in and says, and later they were radicalized, right? So it cuts to them in the protest. By Hydra, and he, yeah. And he's painting them as villains from the beginning. And then Jimmy says, Jimmy has his line that says, well, that's an oversimplification of the events. But yes, that's what happened. And so the director was like, you just questioned me. I have to get my authority back. And he says, Jimmy, do they have any aliases? Yeah, like, but... How like does that, he wanted like, them to know, no, he wanted them to know that I've done my research. I know who they are. You can't tell me that these characters have any more layers other than they were bad. They destroyed Lagos. They had the thing in Germany. We have to, because Steve, this sets up what he does later in the episode with the drone. Okay. Right? But what I'm, okay, that that's fine. But then if that's the setup, then it's a bad setup. Because every, I agree, like everything that happens around, like the director of Sword is just dumb. Like mm-hmm. it, it's almost it's like two completely different shows. Like the writing inside of Westview with Wanda and Vision, like I think is great. It's amazing. It's intriguing. Everything that happens outside is just like weird. Like I like I don't want to say it's dumb. I don't want to say it's bad. It's just not as good because it's so surface level. Like if we go if we have another bad director of a big organization, then that's just bad storytelling. We've done that song and dance before. Like if Tyler Haywood is just like, "Well, they don't have any nicknames and that means they're bad." It's like, "What? Well, like what are you doing out I, here?" That, that's not again, again, that's not what he's saying though. He's not saying because they don't have nicknames they're bad. He's 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 questioning Jimmy because Jimmy questioned him in front of everybody. And what it is, Steve. But he's the director. What it is, I know, and that's and that's that's the setup to this, right? They're setting up Jimmy and Darcy and Monica as having to, in future episodes, go above the director's head, around the director's head, because he's an inept director. It's that storytelling model that that there that, has to be some manufactured um, drama in this, which we see later in this episode, which we're going to see later in, in, in more episodes, because now everything that those three do are going to be going against the director or going behind his back. And it's going to create uh, this whole scenario where, well, you know, you're the rogue agent now and you're grounded. So you better not do this. And Monica's going to go behind the back and do something that she's not supposed to do because of course she is because the director is who he is. Well, that's right? really, so, well, well, that's really dumb because like you could, you wrote that in like 30 seconds, just thinking about everything else that we've seen. Cause that's like, if they go that route, yeah. then it's like, like, come on, you guys are doing something interesting in the show. Like, why are you relying on this old bad trope that no one likes? All right. So other than that, so we'll move on from that because like no one likes the director because he's bad. We also learned that Wanda broke into Sword Base and stole Vision's corpse. This is the same Sword Base, guys, where Dr. Halsey made Cortana. 
Okay. And then, sorry, that's a dumb joke. So, if you so there's, like there's something interesting on this because I went back and watched this again, Steve. So at timestamp 11 minutes, 44 seconds, when Wanda comes in to get Vision's corpse, you actually see Vision dissected and spread out on five tables. Like, like you can see his head on one table, his arms on separate ones, and his torso. And he's connected by kind of some kind of like visceral kind of stringy pieces. Um, you can kind of think of like maybe a, a stretched Armstrong doll that you've cut open and just kind of strung him out a little bit. But his corpse isn't intact when Wanda takes him. And I think that's interesting, right? Because not only is not only does Wanda see the vision killed by Thanos, but now she sees him dissected and on and on different tables that are actually spaced really far apart. Think like Nebula when Thanos is is playing with her. So this is a huge traumatic thing for Wanda. And it also gets me to wonder before is you, it before really you, his before you go, go on, ahead. we'll play this this uh, clip from that exact scene. Nine days ago, Maximoff stormed our facility, stole the vision's body, and resurrected him. But that's in direct violation of section 36B of the Sokovia Accords. And the vision's own living will. He didn't want to be anybody's weapon. And and as you go on that, Mike, is it possible that Wanda's like, Sword's going to turn him into a weapon? So she went in and she stole him. I, I think maybe on some level, but I think ultimately, ultimately, because she says it at the end of this episode that that she finally now has everything that she wants. Like she wants a family. She wants vision at this point. I don't. Because she's not weaponizing him and she's not thinking of him as a weapon at all. She's just thinking of him as the vision. Um, and so and so she's just out to get him back. I don't think she's thinking about that. One thing that was interesting is right after that, right after that soundbite that you just played, Jimmy also says, um, resurrected how without the mind stone, right? Everybody's kind of putting this mind stone as like the pivotal, um, the pivotal thing to create vision. But remember that in Infinity War, Suri was actually removing the Mind Stone from Vision's body, right? That's what she was working on during the Battle of Wakanda. That's what she was attempting to do um, to separate the Mind Stone so that they could at least have it to destroy it because that's what the Avengers wanted to do. They knew that they wanted to destroy the Mind Stone, but they didn't want to destroy Vision. Vision. So what I'm trying to say is, is Vision can can live and exist separate from the Mind Stone. And I think that's something that's important to remember um, because I think it's going to come up again. Because it's already been mentioned that the Mind Stone is somehow integral to his existence. And she was really close to completing that before they were attacked yeah. by... Um, what's his face from the Black Order? So, all right. So we'll Ebony move, or so whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll move on for part three. We'll go to part three. So this is a really quick part, and just one thing I wanted to bring up. So the boys, um, we're back in Westview. The boys have found a puppy, and they want to keep it. Um, Agnes shows up at the right time with the doghouse for the puppy. Vision doesn't want the boys to have a pet because they aren't old enough. As parents, we've all been through that. The boys age themselves up to age 10, and Wanda uses her powers in front of Agnes, and Vision gets mad about it. Um, the interesting thing about this shot is that the boys, Billy and Tommy, they are dressed in the same colors 
that they will eventually, like the Billy and Tommy eventually become Wiccan and Speed in the comics. And they are dressed in the same colors that their costumes are in those comics. So that was a pretty interesting throwback or call out to what they would eventually become. All right. Now, if we go into. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yep. Where do you think the dog came from? Because if Wanda is in control of everything, Wanda would know that the dog is going to show up. And she genuinely had a little bit of surprise to her, I think. This and is, then Agnes shows up with the doghouse at the right time. Well, well, this is where I'm thinking like Agnes, again, is a bigger character than has than is led on in the show currently. Um, fun thing, like in the Vision comics, they also, a neighbor's dog comes over, they find the dog dies, and Vision takes that dog and turns it into a synthesoid also to give to their kids, and they name that dog Sparky, so it's also kind of referential to those comics. But I think Agnes is a bigger player than than you think she is. I think she is in full control, and is, she is not being controlled at all by Wanda. Um, so maybe she brought that. I don't know if she would brought, bring the dog, but again, we'll find out later on, like Wanda isn't controlling everything, something she doesn't have any control over. And we can talk about that when we get to the final act of this show, um, of this, of this episode. So then we kick back again, we go back to the trio. And so Monica, no, they're talking about if we build something big enough with enough shielding, we can get through the thing. And Monica says, hey, she knows an aerospace engineer that would love to help. And she starts texting someone. Internet theories are she's talking about Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four because he is an aerospace engineer that would have the knowledge to get in there. Someone even went as far to say, like, on the whiteboard, there is a number four on the whiteboard, and it looks like it's a number four from the Fantastic Four symbol. From Fantastic Four? That, oh, that's geez. kind of a stretch for me, but um, it's there, So, and it is Marvel, so we can't rule anything out. So a lot of speculation on if they're going to bring the Fantastic Four into this. Um, Monica has an idea. They're talking about how to get into the bubble, how to get out of the bubble. She says, hey, I'm going to go shoot my clothes with this 9 millimeter." which, you know what? You're not going to just discharge someone else's service, especially an FBI agent. She took an FBI agent's weapon, discharged it three times in proximity of a civilian. You know, all kinds of paperwork that, you know, Jimmy's going to have to fill out now and like say, I don't know. She just shot it at her clothes and her clothes turned into Kevlar. So the funny thing is how they get there in this reveal, right? Because they don't get there organically, right? Monica just has this idea you see a little light bulb go off over her head and she goes, where's the lab? No, 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 no. So they, what they do is the drone that went into the Romanoff anomaly, the, the Maximoff anomaly, it turned into tech of the time, right? And, and so they, she saw a picture of the helicopter. And from that picture of the helicopter, she remembered, my clothes went in there. I should go check my clothes. And I find that very, um, I, don't, I don't like when shows make connections like that. We're like, this obviously means this. And why not would you go and look at your clothes and then proceed to shoot a gun at it, right? That does, I, I, I dislike that type of storytelling. Um, but she gets this great idea that now that, that because things are changing inside the anomaly, that, that Wanda is actually rewriting reality, right? So she's becoming a more powerful person than even than even Captain uh, Marvel. Let's play that clip. Wanda manipulates yep. people's perceptions, makes them hallucinate. Yeah, that's her whole bag. If 
all the sets and props and wardrobe were solid matter, that would mean she's wielding an insane amount of power. Far exceeding anything she's displayed in the past. Yeah, uh, she could have taken out Thanos on her own if he hadn't initiated a blitz. I mean, nobody else came close. Well, I'd argue that Captain Marvel... She shouldn't know that. Her powers came from an Infinity Stone too, right? We are not talking about her. We are talking about Wanda. So, I mean, I, I suspect everyone would know eventually after word got out, but I don't know why. No. The, yeah, I mean, people would know. <laughs> like, Peter Parker's out there, and he's going to, like, tell everybody everything that happened Everybody? I just don't know why the aversion of, like, not talking about Captain Marvel. Like, if if the Infinity Stones are tied to it, like, why not explore that? Also, like, I mean... Yeah, it's just weird that she's like, oh, we're not talking about her. It's like, okay, whatever. Well, we're scientists. This, this we could also things. play into your she's a scroll theory. Because cause she, I mean, the scroll, they're not all scroll are like the one that she met on Earth who is happy that they found a home for her, right? Correct. So, like, there are bad scroll. So, that that could be a connection there. But, but obviously, there's going to be something there that we're going to have to visit to figure out why the daughter of her best friend doesn't like her. Yeah. Right? So we'll we'll have to figure that out. It's not really explained much. But then we also figure out that, okay, if we get a drone made up of 80s technology, it can go through, which is really dumb. Like, I'm sorry, like everything that's happening outside of the bubble is just like super dumb to me. So they fly a drone out there. Um, Hayward's, let's see, in what in which order does it go? Um so, so in this one, because I because I just rewatched it and it's fresh, the boys are showing off the tricks that Sparky's doing, and Wanda's sitting on the couch, and it's just Wanda and the boys at this point. Vision is no is not in these scenes, so the boys do their tricks. They go through a little bit of dialogue, and this is where this is where the boys ask Wanda about her brother. Right. Because she goes on saying, you know, this is our family. Family is forever. He's part of our family now. And they ask, well, mom, do you have a brother? And she's like, yeah, I do. And then we, we start to kind of see that break down a little bit and maybe kind of see a little bit of that sad. And then the dog goes to the front door and starts barking. You can kind of hear in the background propellers. Um, we hear the ominous music. They go outside. Wanda tells the boys to stay put. They go outside and we see Monica piloting a drone. And we get that awesome line that Steve really likes. Uh, I know this is 80s tech, but can we uh, sharpen this image? You know, because that's how it works, right? Because this is the hand wavy, like, it just works, audience. Don't worry about the fact that a rope got changed. But now this technology, anyway, it's really dumb. So, so you're right. And then Monica's like, wants to talk. Wanda's like, no, her eyes glow red. And then the director's like, fire a missile at the super powerful person that almost took out Thanos. That'll totally work out, right? Which I'm yeah. starting to like formulate a theory of what's actually happening as we're speaking this out of my head that I'll, I'll reveal at the end of this. But so that's really dumb. So it cuts to black and then we cut to vision at work, which I think is always fun to see vision at work and vision is away from Wanda. So they are hooking up computers to the internet. And as soon as they hook up a computer to the internet, they make a couple jokes. One of the jokes is actually really interesting because Norm says, Hey, will this thing help me find a wife? And vision says in the future, it will. And I know this yeah. is just like a dumb throwaway joke, but it's also kind of like how, like, what do you mean in the future at well? So Vision right. is completely aware that they are in the past. 
So like on some level, Vision is aware of some things, but he's not aware of other things, which is kind of odd. But then they get access to this email that has come through the anomaly somehow, and everyone starts reciting it at the same time, and I just got weird control vibes off of it. Ford, top secret communique, authenticate. Dr. Darcy Lewis findings regarding Maximus High levels of radiation present at perimeter. Effect on Westview residents unknown. Please advise. <laughs> so a really weird, creepy scene. And as soon as that happens, Vision like zaps the computer to kill it. And then he mind taps Norm. Please, please help me. What day is it? How long has it been? Where's my phone? I have to call my sister. No. He's taking care of our dad. He's sick. Where's my phone? Calm yourself, Norm. I can't understand what you're trying to tell me. You have to stop her. Stop who? She's in my head. None of it is my own. It hurts. It hurts so much. Just make her stop. Just make her stop! Uh, now tell me this. If I send an email, where would I put the stamp? So the interesting thing about this line is, Mike, that he never says Wanda. He just says make right. her stop. We're supposed to believe automatically that he's referring to Wanda, but it's very possible that he's referring to someone else. We're smarter than that. We've played the pronoun game before, and we know that that doesn't necessarily mean Wanda. And I did mess up. I got these two two pieces out of shape, and there's there's actually these two parts out of order. Wow, I can't even speak. And there is something that was kind of interesting. Um, as, as the trio are talking about trying to still get into the anomaly, they mention, they say, well, what can we send through that will get us through? Then we get the email and then we get the drone. So I want to know who sent the email, and it, right? And it, because it, you see Monica piloting the drone who it says it's from Darcy. No. So I, I went, I went. I went back and looked. Um, Cags and I had a conversation about this because I initially I thought after listening to it, it mentions um, Darcy, but there's no like from. It's just a, it's just a communique from Sword referencing um, Darcy's work on the anomaly. So we don't know who it's from or who it's to. Just that it got intercepted. Okay, and well, then and that's what I mean. How did it get intercepted onto a 1980s style computer? I'm guessing the same way that the radio waves came through. It's just that. But remember that they they actually put those through. Darcy and Jimmy tried to manipulate that, and they actually had to do some work to actually take over that radio. And what I'm saying is, is I th- I think again, there's a little bit of a pronoun game. You know who sent who sent what through, and this may actually reveal a few more players. Because it's after this that Vision realizes there's something amiss here. Yeah. And, and then we get the drone coming in. And then we get this yep. awesome um, line from our amazing director. I just want to talk. That's it. No joy. Uh, wait, my controls aren't working. Reconnect patch. Disregard. Take the shot. What? No, the drone isn't armed. Take the shot. <laughs> what did you do? There's a breach, sir. 
which then brings up all kinds of things. Like you were going to send a patch. There were no patches for something like this back in the 80s. There was not a tiny little missile on a drone. Like none of this stuff would have made it through. That just made me frustrated. Okay, so then the breach happens. So everyone like jumps in their cars, drives like 20 feet, gets out at the edge of the of the hex. And then Wanda comes out and she throws the drone. Is like, hey, is this yours? And then the director says, The missile was just a precaution. You can hardly blame us, Wanda. I think I can. This will be your only warning. It's just so weird that every decision that is happening outside of the bubble that I'm trying mm-hmm. to form this opinion that it is very possible, it is very possible that because everything that has happened out of the bubble is a very bad TV trope, and we have TV going on inside of Westview, it could just be like another part of the bubble that is playing out bad television that we've all seen like we're you just you just gone full inception man that's what i'm saying like wanda's very powerful like i mean uh, like that's the only thing that seems like a good explanation for the actions of the people outside of that bubble because it's otherwise it's just like what are you doing this is one of the most powerful avengers why are you like firing a missile at them for no reason at while their children are outside. Oh, it's it's not it's not for no reason. It's a precaution, and you can hardly blame them for trying. Yeah, right? but what does so that I, mean? I think, Steve. Unfortunately, I think I think that 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 that's where we we need to have someone to dislike so far, and it's director Hayward, right? But so we, unfortunately, but we don't, though, like this, I, I know, I know, but you're you're getting like a little bit too vested in this, so because <laughs> it's we're because, supposed to not we're supposed to not like him. I, okay. the, the problem and is, and then they turn all their guns on him, right? And they're like, "We're gonna shoot you in the face now!" And like, one is like, "Stand down, stand down, stand down," right? And then we cut to we cut to commercial. No, let's not right? cut to commercial first. Let's go back one step. So when <laughs> Wanda when Wanda goes back through the hex, oh yeah, like this part, she changes the wall to red. It was blue originally. It changes to red. A lot of people are saying that's just because of chromatic aberration, and that happens on old CRTs. But there's a huge physical change to the entirety of it, which makes yeah. me believe that maybe she did not put it up because everything that she does like manifests with a red hue to it, and it was blue before. So it's very possible so maybe she's that not it was not hers. Field, and or maybe there, she just upgraded it to like field 2.0. And, and there's more evidence as we get to more of the clips as we go on, but let's go ahead and go to the commercial we get um, this little snippet from a commercial. So the Lagos commercial is a commercial about, um, not, I was going to say, towels. paper towels. And here's what we get. Lagos. For when you make a mess, you didn't mean to. Now, for people that are unaware, um, Lagos is the place that the Avengers team tried to take down crossbones at the beginning of Captain America Civil War when they were trying to stop him from taking a bioweapon. And Wanda accidentally ends up blowing up a skyscraper while trying to contain a blast that would have also killed a bunch of people. She mm-hmm. tried to get rid of it. A lot of people died. So, you know, you need Lagos paper towels when... Lagos. For when you make a mess, you didn't mean to. So all the commercials are kind of referencing things that have happened to Wanda. So Mike, Great. walk us through part six. So part six, this is, um, I think this is the hinge of this episode um, because it sets up kind of the big reveal. So 
After the commercial, we cut to Wanda and the boys looking for Sparky. And they pass a um, postman. And and they kind of tell the postman what's going on. And the postman gives a line that I think is also pretty telling. He says, don't worry, boys. Your mom won't let him get far. Okay? Your mom won't let him get too far. So I think, Steve, that, that Wanda is really in control of a whole lot more people than than what we've what we've said earlier. I, I if she is in control of the anomaly, she's controlling everyone. And 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 she 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 denies this later, but but someone who who is in control of everyone would deny it, right? I, th- so, I think you so, and I are going to disagree on this, which is fine because then I think it'll be well, and that, and that's why I'm right saying this. Like, like I'm telling you my my evidence, my supporting evidence on why I believe this. Okay, so they so they go looking for they go looking for Sparky. Agnes kind of emerges from an azalea bush with Sparky wrapped up in a blanket. He ate too many azalea, azalea leaves, which I actually didn't know was a thing. I didn't know. Either. I didn't know that. Yeah, so don't plant azaleas next to your house. Um, the boys get super sad. And this part kind of confused me a little bit because I didn't get the sense that they wanted to grow up out of this spot. I didn't I didn't get that sense, but Wanda kind of comes around and cuts them off and says that that's what they were going to do. So we have to believe it. I didn't get that feeling. Well, first we get this line from the boys. And this line is giving me a big, um, oh, what's wrong with that button? Well, the boys say, fix the dead, mom. They don't, they don't say, like, bring back Sparky. They're just like. They say, fix dead. Yeah, fix dead. And then there's a weird look that Agnes gives when Agnes is like, you can do that? And it's a weird look. Like, if you go back and watch the video, it's like. Like seriously, you can do that, and she's crying. And then um, Agnes asks, but it's, but it's almost a realization on her part that that well, if you can, because this goes back to what I what I thought earlier when she says that the kid that kids grow up too fast. So I think maybe Agnes has lost someone, and now she's seeing that like you can you can fix dead. I can get my my kiddo back. Again, I'm putting a few pieces together and I'm making a couple leaps, but I think that's where Agnes exists now is mm-hmm. that is that she sees Wanda as a means to fix something that went wrong. And then we get this line from the boys. You said family is forever. He is family. Bring him back, mom. Bring who back? So this part is really interesting because I think in this instance, I think Wanda brought back her brother. Because he said, like, bring- right, like right now, she brought him back. Yeah. Like she was like, oh, maybe I can. Because everyone's talk, everyone's thinking about the dog, and Vision's like, bring who back? Because I don't think Wanda's thinking about the dog. She's thinking about her brother. Because we've already mentioned his brother previously. That's when she got sad, and then they mm-hmm. fired a misletter for some inexplicable reason because they had to. So I think this, this is just my theory on it. I think that's when she brought her back. So then they go home because you know it's very sad that the dog died. Um, the kids are sad. They go home. They go back to bed, and then Vision confronts Wanda about speaking to Norm and says, "I spoke with Norm." I unearthed the man's suppressed personality and I spoke to him free of your oversight. So Vision is aware that Wanda does have oversight over a lot of these people. 
And then she said they start fighting and Wanda says, I can't do this right now. And she starts making the credits roll, which is like a power move, right? When you can just like start making credits well, roll to like end the whole thing. Well, so so vision so vision's like you can't com- because vision or sorry, Wanda is like, All right, vision, let's let's not talk about this. Let's go watch TV, vision answers, you know, let's go to bed so you can change all this. Vision is now aware that the sets have been changing. Right. So he's he's telling Wanda, like, I I know that something is wrong. And then Vision says, you can't control me the way that you control them. And it's and when Wanda answers back, it's almost like a question. Like, can't I? Like, yeah. Like, what do you mean? I can't like I have been I have been controlling you. What do you mean? I can't. Right. And this is where Vision goes into the email. Well, what what is this Maximoff anomaly? Like, what is this? He's starting to kind of break down that fourth wall and understand that things are are not as they are. The credits are rolling at this point. We have the end music. It's hard to listen. Things are getting muttered, muttered, muddled and and crazy. And then Vision says something that he can't remember. Oh, so, so Wanda says, you have never talked to me this way before. Yeah. And Vision says, before what? He says, I don't remember anything before Westview. And then he How said, did I get here? And then he says, like every day when he walks to work, he passes by the park and there's no children. He says, Where are all the children? And then you know, there's that line in episode two when they're like doing the pageant for the kids and everyone repeats mm-hmm. for the children, which is really weird that there's like no children, but there's this whole thing for the children. And then Wanda says to Vision. The playground stands empty oh, yeah. every morning. I walk to work. Why? Tell me why. Do you why? really think that I am controlling everything? That I, I am somehow in charge of everybody in Westview? Walking their dogs, mowing their lawns, getting them to dentist appointments on time. I, I, I don't know how any of this started in the first place. So, so that line... That's I'm, an interesting line. So I'm taking it to believe that Something else was happening here, and they just kind of fell into it. So, and that's why I think Agnes is and also. And she kind of commandeered it? Maybe, or she was just kind of like led into it and was like, okay, this is what's happening. I can like continue to live in this area in peace with my husband and kind of like live out this charade, the charade, the charade. <laughs> so, so I do think like something else is happening. There, I don't think Wanda is powerful enough to create life. Like she created two children. And if Monica's like everything in in there's real, like Wanda's a God at this point, if she can just create life, which I think is too much power for her to be wielding, even if she could take down Thanos, right? Like that's a lot of power just to be like, I can create life at will. That's something that like, I don't think even, but, but then also have that life kind of grow itself um right because that's what the kids do twice they they grow from babies to five and then five to ten and her magic doesn't work on them anymore so they kind of have this this mind of their own so that's why i'm thinking like something else is going on there's another person at play the um anomaly goes from blue which was probably under the uh influence of someone that previously put it up wanda changes it to red when she gets mad and tells people to stay out and then at the end we get the big reveal of this episode which kind of blew my mind which was a huge thing as as they're starting to fight there's a knock at the door and you know right at the point where Wanda would have been losing a 
losing the argument. And she's like, that wasn't me. Right. So Wanda says that wasn't me this time. And then we get long lost bro get to squeeze his stinking sister to death or what? She recast Pietro. So Pietro originally played by Aaron Aaron Taylor Johnson in Age of Ultron um, died saving Hawkeye and a child in that movie. And we all know that. And then in the X-Men movies, um, He's he's actually just called Peter. He's um Evan P um Evan Peters plays Peter Maximoff in the X-Men series. He just goes by Peter in that series. He comes in and takes place of our original actor Aaron Aaron Taylor Johnson. So this Well, and maybe not necessarily like the original actor, but the one that we expected, right? The actor that we expected to see, it wasn't him. So right. so maybe we don't need to you, I think that's the point is is that things necess- aren't necessarily set in stone here. One I, of the things that I noticed that was interesting as on my rewatch, when Wanda starts walking out of the anomaly for the first time, an alarm goes off in the shield base, um, a, a deep buzzing, right? A honk, honk, honk kind of thing. Um, and it happens again when it cuts to Darcy. You can hear the alarm going off again as if there was another breach. Which supports your theory, Steve, that that there was a new person added to the population of Westview. Maybe maybe he had to come through the barrier. If he would have just if he just would have you know spawned inside the barrier, the alarm would have been going off when Darcy delivers her line. But I listen to it again, and the alarm is going off again, and that's why she goes to the TV to see what's going on because Darcy wasn't there just watching the show. She was actually going to it, and that's when she sees Pietro. Hmm. I didn't catch. I that. thought it was interesting. Yeah, I didn't catch that because that would. It's interesting that the alarm would go off if it noticed like an energy spike or something inside, um, yeah. inside of the inside of the bubble. Interesting, but I think there's a lot of people that are saying like, "Oh, this is red herring. This really doesn't mean a lot of things for the future of the show." However, I think this is the biggest thing to happen in the MCU since the MCU started. Why? Because we are now pulling in X-Men. Like, people could say, like, oh, he's different. Like, she recast, she recast her brother as an X-Men from the other movies. I think this is, like, setting up and getting the audience used to the idea of the multiverse. We know Doctor Strange Mm -hmm. is, there's next movie is um, the Multiverse of Madness or whatever it's called. And Scarlet Witch is going to play a huge part of that. Like bringing them in now into this series is just getting everyone used to the idea that there's going to be some funky stuff happening for this next phase. And this is the first part of it. And this opens a can of worms that I don't think you can put back in. Like they brought in one of the X-Men. And there's like, okay, now what else can we do? Like it kind of leaves them open to like, well, we can do whatever we want now because if, and also, and, and I think that's, it's almost like they're, they thought, okay, every time we did an end movie stinger, that was kind of like playing into what's coming next, right? I think they just took that idea and are like, let's just make series out of our end game stingers or our end movie stingers. And then, you know, we can get people used to these bigger ideas so we can do bigger things. Like if they were to try to do this in the middle of a movie, there's like no time to explain all that to be like, wait a second. Wasn't he just in the X-Men and now he's here? So it's just giving them more room to explore these things. And that's why I think this is like the biggest thing to happen like in the MCU. It's like now there's 
I mean, can you imagine if we brought like Professor X over into like trying to figure out what's going on over here? Or we finally get Wolverine coming in. I mean, there's so much that they can do now that they like yeah. let this cat out of the bag that like I, I don't I don't know what else you do because at this point we're like at episode five. We don't know who the villain is. A lot of people it's, have been it's sp- true. A lot of people have been speculating that it's um Mephisto for a bunch of reasons. I don't actually I don't I don't buy into that. A lot of people are saying Dottie, the ruler of the neighborhood, is actually a villain. She might be Clea, the sorcerer supreme of the dark dimension, who is a character in the um um Doctor Strange comics. But we don't I don't know if there's like a lot of evidence for that. I think I don't know if there is a villain in this show, which I think would be interesting. And I think it would be fine as long as like it's setting up to these things that will come that will be more interesting in the future. Because everyone's like, who's the villain? Look for the clues for the villain. But maybe like maybe there just isn't a villain. Maybe it's just the story of what's happening now. And we just get bad director who's like kind of a joke of a villain. But I don't know. That's an interesting way to think about it. Um I think there's enough there to make the story itself kind of be the antagonist. Wanda might even be, you know, the antagonist against herself at this point, because it seems like she's unraveling a little bit. And, and hopefully, hopefully what will happen and what most likely will happen is Wanda and vision have a falling out, right? The, the miscommunication before the reconciliation, before the final act, right? So they will ultimately come together I'm assuming in the final act to fight the last bad person, whoever it is, maybe it's Agnes. Maybe, maybe she's going to start demanding that Wanda bring back whoever it is that she lost. Maybe the director, maybe the director turns out to be scroll. Maybe he is, is trying to, to take on um, Wanda for, for the potential that she could cause of destruction of the great secret invasion. Maybe, maybe it's a uh, Monica because of how she feels and kind of the, the little hints that she's dropped about captain Marvel. You know, maybe it's, maybe it ends up being norm. Maybe the people will break free, free from the trance and end up wanting to get revenge on Wanda. Like, like we don't really know. And I think that's, that that's kind of a hook in and of itself. But we ought to know who it is soon or else that hook is going to or we're going to break free from that hook. And we're kind of going to kind of get, you know, a little bit upset about that. But we'll see how it goes. I'm still having tons and tons of fun with it. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting if there's not one. And it's just kind of like this is how the story is going to play. But I am I'm going to stick to my my. okay. so I'm going to predict. Let's do some predictions, Mike, since we only have four episodes to go. My big prediction is that there are two bubbles. We've got the Westview bubble. A bubble within a bubble? Yep. So there's two bubbles, and I think the outside bubble is just another layer of Wanda's. um, She's like two layers deep because everything that's happening outside of that bubble is very TV tropey. You you realize that that could just be subpar writing. I I don't want to believe that because everything, like so far, everything has mattered. And like everything in Infinity War, everything in Endgame, like Kevin Feige, like everything has mattered. Everything had had a purpose. And it just seems like everything that's happening outside of the bubble so far, like it could just be filling that 
that there's another layer of like, okay, this is what happens in like the 2000s TV shows where you're a bad cop, but you better get out there and get the job done, you know? And just these weird villains mm -hmm. that are like, it just seems so tropey that it it's done on purpose. Otherwise, it's bad storytelling because everything inside the bubble is good. Everything outside the bubble is like, what is going on here? No one would make these decisions. You don't shoot a rocket at Scarlet Witch and then like expect there not to be upset at you. That's just weird. That's my prediction. Two bubbles. What are your predictions? That's an interesting prediction. I, I definitely don't don't think there's two bubbles. Well, it's um, my prediction, think, not yours. I don't think all the pieces have been have been revealed yet on the board. I think there are still some more pieces yet to to be revealed. Um, I think that Agnes, she's definitely more than what she is, whether it be good or bad. Um. I don't know if I have any predictions for the show. I, 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 I think, I think it's, I think Vision's experience is going to come to a head and he and Wanda are going to have it out probably more than what they had it out this episode. I, I don't think that little explosion was enough because, because now that the brother is here, that's, that opens up a, like Pandora's box for Vision once he starts becoming self aware and realizing that, that, you know, he's not who he thinks he is because we're still existing under the theory that he's a reanimated corpse that that everybody else sees. But Wanda sees vision as vision. Uh, so I'm not sure where that's oh, going to go. I, I don't think I don't think everyone sees the corpse moving around. I think they see vision how he is. You think? Yeah, because he keeps changing all the time. Like, I don't think for that's just, I don't think I don't think well, that's just a then, keep up experience for them. I think everyone like sees him as normal um as uh, as normal. So I actually I actually don't know. I don't have any predictions. Make I a prediction. Going in. Make one. I can't. Do it. I think Make it's one. I think it's going to be good. I think I hate you so much. I, Make, I know I I can't your, put but, your but I'm seriously I'm like I'm not just sitting here being obstinate. I'm like I I don't know where it's going. Um, cause we've talked about some interesting things tonight. Everything, everything that I've seen shows that Wanda is in control, but losing it. Agnes has some baggage that is going to have to be dealt with. I have not seen any other supporting characters other than Agnes who I think are going to play like a very large part. I don't think Norm is going to do anything more than what we've seen him do. I don't think, is it Fred or Herb? Herb. I don't think he. I don't think he's going to do anything more than what we've seen him do. I don't think the Hart couple are going to do anything more than what we've seen them do. Um, so I. So I think more. I think another kind of. Ma there, here's my prediction. Um, another major character is going to be revealed. By major, I mean someone who has had their own movie in the MCU. I think we're going to have one of those characters show up to to either to either help Wanda or be the antagonist to Wanda. Very cool. And that's, with, a, that's a very broad lame lame prediction. It so is I a super lame prediction. I know it's not very good. It's not like a cool two bubble theory that when I turn yeah, it out you're to be just, right, it's gonna be awesome. You're just incepting over here. You're no, it's, like a it's dream like, within a dream within a nightmare. Hey Mike, so. have you read comic books before? <laughs> 
I have read all the comic books. Well, um, then you know the dream a, within the there's dream. There's another me and another bubble that just reads the comic books, and then I get all the information via osmosis. That's pretty awesome. I like that superpower. And with that, this has been episode 159 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. Everyone, go out, make the world better than you found it. Your mission is to capture the Ark before you leave the airbase. Marauder Corps, weapons hot. Stand by for Titanfall. Thank you for listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network. Follow us at Freelancer Codex on Twitter or Twitch. Send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com or voice messages to anchor.fm slash freelancercodex slash message. We wish to thank all of our Patreons. We are grateful for you all. See you later, Twitch.